Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. If the Eagles win the coaching battle, they will win the NFC title. Can the Chiefs avoid a fourth straight loss and second AFC title game loss to the Bengals? And each team has a plan for building a contender, even if it doesn't fit our microwave society. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. They are the two most talented rosters in football, and they will meet in Philadelphia with the NFC crown on the line. A trip to the Super Bowl goes to the winner. It is San Francisco against Philadelphia, the 49ers against the Eagles in an NFC showdown. Gino Camilleri from Locked on Eagles joins me now. And and Gino, this is the matchup. Most of us thought we were going to get when the playoffs started. It's, It's the matchup that I think we've been building toward now for, I don't know, six, eight weeks. So what do you think will ultimately be the deciding factor in this one? This ultimately comes down to who wins the game of chess because both of these offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators are brilliant. And we know that they're going to try and attack you where you are the weakest. And how do you do that? You counteract their strength. So both of these Offensive coordinators are trying to take your coverage rules and use them against you. Can the Niners get the Eagles defensive backs in a tizzy, get them out of their position, and open up that back end for those guys who crush it after the catch? That's what it's going to come down to. If the Eagles leave that middle of the field area wide open and they do more of that quarters man match type of defense where you're relying on that quarterback to go through multiple reads to find the open guy. Well, if he finds any of those open guys, they are going to kill you after the catch. So you have to rally. You have to pursue to the ball. And if the Eagles don't come out flying like they did against the Giants, the Niners are that team that has athletes that can just be better athletes than you and beat you on your best day. In games like this, we we usually think of it as coming down to two things, quarterback play and coaching. And Jalen Hurts was an MVP candidate before he got hurt late in the season. Brock Purdy, um, for most of the Jalen Hurts MVP campaign, was QB3 for San Francisco, but has won seven straight games with the 49ers. And so I don't know why we should expect him to just fall apart. I look at this and I say, okay, Kyle Shanahan, Nick Sirianni, those guys, and that offensive staff in Philly, really, really good. D'Amico Ryan's is probably going to be a head coach next year somewhere. I think the best defensive coordinator in football. And that leads us to Jonathan Gannon, who Eagles fans have a bit of a love-hate relationship with. I'm sure you can speak to that. So you mentioned that defense. How do you think they need to play? How do you think they need to attack Brock Purdy and this offense so that they keep what has been a dynamic offense in check in this one? I think it's going to be difficult, but I think you have to rely on that interior pressure because if you look at the strength of the Niners, it is their two tackles. You look at Trent Williams, you look at Mike McGlinchey, I think it's on par with what the Eagles have in Lane Johnson and Jordan Maialata, arguably the two best duos at tackle. Mm. You look at the interior of the Niners, 
Eagles happen to have some pretty good guys on the interior in Javon Hargrave, Fletcher Cox, Linval Joseph, and Indomitian Sue came off the street, and they're playing very good football as of late to the point where your first-round pick in Jordan Davis isn't really even seeing snaps. So if the Eagles can shut down that interior and really bring pressure there, it's going to do two things. It's going to, one, keep the Niners in second and long, third and long situations, which I believe plays into the hands of what the Eagles want to do. They want to keep you behind the sticks. They want to make Brock Purdy throw because if you go into those third and short situations where you could keep those drives moving, it goes back to those couple losses that the Eagles have suffered where they lose time of possession. They lose the third down efficiency battle and they allow teams to just continue to churn out long drives, which we know the Niners can do. And they can pick you apart death by a thousand cuts while at the same time go out there and have a one play 85 yard drive where they score by just dumping it off the Debo Samuel. So you have to play, I think, very sound gap integrity when it comes to the run. You have to keep contain on the outside and try and funnel everything inside to your linebackers. And at the same time, you have to let your defense be your defense. Don't try anything crazy. Let Darius Slay and James Bradbury be the two best cover corners. Get creative with your safeties and the freedom that you have with Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and hopefully Avante Maddox coming back for this game. While at the same time, allowing your defensive front, who ended the year with 70 sacks in the regular season, to go and do what they do best. Get after this young quarterback. If it comes down to the quarterback play, I'm going to go with Jalen Hurts, the guy who has been in these high-profile moments since he was in high school playing for his dad in state championships. Everywhere he's gone, he's had to face the limelight. And the one time that he played Brock Purdy, he beat him by a point. So we'll see this go around. Jalen Hurts just doesn't get rattled, man. I, I want to see him get rattled and see how he responds. But, hey, if he can stay cool, calm, and collected, and they play a perfect football game, not many teams are beating this Eagles football team. Eagles two-and-a-half-point favorites, according to our fans, over at FanDuel. So they expect this to be a great one. Both of the championship games are going to be absolute classics. Gino, appreciate your time. Thanks, Pete. Stay up to date all year on the Philadelphia Eagles by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Eagles on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, how will the Chiefs avoid a fourth straight loss to the Bengals with a banged-up Patrick Mahomes? Before we answer that, Joe Burrow tells us why the Bengals aren't phased by all the positive press after their win over the Bills. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America. That's right, it's FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better because they have so many great features that make betting on sports easy. New customers join today and get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash Locked On. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props tonight in the NBA. The fans are buzzing. About Luka Doncic, the Suns hosting the Mavs. FanDuel has the Suns favored by a point and a half. Don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Since beating the Bills, the Bengals have gotten all the positive press. Joe Burrow was called the best quarterback in the NFL by Dan Orlovsky on ESPN. And there are some who believe they will get the Super Bowl monkey off their back this year. 
Despite all of that, a man with the nickname of Joe Cool is unsurprisingly unfazed. No, it's not. You know, it's uh, that's what it is every week, whether it's win or lose throughout the regular season. You get you get 17 reps of resetting after each week and, and moving on to the next one. So we've been in these spots. We know we know what's going to take. Um, we have the experience. We know what team we're playing. Team that's been to this this game the last five seasons, and they've all been in that stadium. So to me, they're still the team to beat, and, and we're coming for them. But we know it's going to be tough. We know it's going to be going to be hard fought, and we know the kind of players that they have on that side. Following his Monday arrest on suspicion of misdemeanor domestic violence, San Francisco 49ers defensive lineman Charles Amenahu will remain with the team and continue preparing for Sunday's NFC Championship game, this according to Kyle Shanahan on Wednesday. Um, well, we've looked into for the last 24 hours or 48 hours, not necessarily myself, but other people. We feel very good letting the legal process take care of itself and um, don't feel we shouldn't kick them off our team at this time. I hope this story doesn't get lost in the headlines of the weekend of football. A player was arrested on Monday on suspicion of domestic violence and is going to continue to prepare and play in the biggest game of the season. That's something that needs to be discussed. The Milwaukee Bucks took advantage of a Nikola Jokic-less Denver Nuggets side to get a win on Wednesday. The Bucks get the win against a severely depleted Denver Nuggets team, but it was not a perfect performance. My name's Kane Pittman. I'm the host of the Locked On Bucks podcast. We were robbed. The Jokic versus Giannis matchup that everyone wanted to watch did not transpire. The Nuggets rested most of their key guys on a back-to-back, so you think the Bucks win easy. It wasn't the case. They end up winning 107-99, to but it was a sloppy performance. 22 turnovers tonight. Giannis was good overall with 33 points and 14 rebounds, but he did have nine turnovers of his own. And in the bigger picture, the Bucks are 24th in the league for turnover percentage. Some of that is because they haven't been healthy and they haven't been able to have their regular lineups. There's always been guys in and out of that rotation. But this is going to have to be cleaned up for this Bucks team moving forward. They need to take care of the basketball. They have not done it across the season, but they'll take the win tonight. It's something to watch moving forward. Check us out on Locked On Bucks wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. And on the ice, the Ottawa Senators held on to a narrow win over the New York Islanders. The Ottawa Senators are able to beat a down-and-out New York Islanders team 2-1 at the CTC. I'm Brandon Piller from the Locked On Senators podcast, and this was a much-needed win to boost the morale of the Sens and Sens fans. As a really great story, Ridley Gregg in his NHL debut, not only does he get a point, not only is it on the power play, but he assists on his childhood idol in Claude Giroux scoring that goal. Claude Giroux had a great game as well with two points, and Jake Sanderson also had two points. Now, Cam Talbot had to leave this game about halfway through with injury, but Forsberg was solid. Lilims Martian and I will break this game down at the Locked On Senators YouTube channel in the postcast. Here is another story you need to know. It's the Chiefs and the Bengals with the right to go to the Super Bowl on the line. Stop me if you've heard this before. Yes, this was the matchup last season. And this season, a lot of people are on the Cincinnati Bengals. In fact, according to our friends at FanDuel, the Bengals are one-point road favorites in Arrowhead, 
Joining me now from Locked on Chiefs, Chris Clark. And, and Chris, we saw Patrick Mahomes yesterday at practice, had the ankles spatted up. It seemed like he was moving pretty well on, on all uh, accounts there. But how much does that injury impact this matchup to your eyes? I think it is a tremendous, uh, I think it has a tremendous impact on this on this matchup. And I understand why Cincinnati is a favorite. They beat the Chiefs three games, th the three last times that they played. Uh, you know, this will be the fourth time that they played in just a little over a year. Uh, and Cincinnati's won th all three of them. Um, they've only won one at Arrowhead, I believe. I believe the other two were at Cincinnati. So we'll see if they can get it done. The crazy thing to me is if, if you look back at last year's AFC Championship, Kansas City was throttling Cincinnati in the first mm -hmm. half. <clears throat> and then all of a sudden they couldn't do anything right the second half. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see. K Kansas City sounds like they could actually be very healthy other than Mahomes. Um, McCole Hartman could be back this week. They could be bringing back a couple of players from IR. Uh, they're pretty healthy going into this game. Yeah, uh, it was an out-of-body Patrick Mahomes experience in the second half. Some uncharacteristic throws, um, interceptions that let Cincinnati get back into that game. At halftime, it seemed over. And we well, were making fun of Lou Anarumo, the defensive <laughs> coordinator for the Bengals, from playing all this drop eight coverage. And then in the second half, he beguiled Mahomes with all of that. Um, what What is scarier for the Chiefs, that Lou Anarumo game plan or Joe Cool, Joe Burrow? You know, honestly, I think that you have to look at it and you just kind of say it's Lou Anarumo. Uh, and I understand why a lot of people would say it's Joe Burrow. But to me, Joe Burrow is, is Joe Burrow. I mean, you're going to have to beat him regardless. He's got great weapons around him. I think he's a great quarterback. Uh, I still think he's not the best quarterback in the league, but I think he's probably up in the top three. Um, but he has a lot of great weapons, and that's really where it's what it's going to come down to. The thing that I think is really going to play a key part in this is how much are they allowed to play, let play? If they're allowed to be able to, you know, grab wide receivers a little bit more than normal, kind of like the playoffs have been called so far, I think that heavily favors Kansas City. Chris Jones, the defensive lineman, uh, was a defensive player of the year finalist. Um, and he has had the kind of season where he is making every big play for the Kansas City Chiefs. They need a third and eight stop. Chris Jones is going to make it. They need to steal a game. Chris Jones is going to make that play. And against a banged up Bengals offensive line, it seems like if there is a place where Kansas City can take some advantage, it's Chris Jones, it's Frank Clark, it's that defensive front. What do you think they need to do to, to slow down Joe Burrow? They need to do what they've been doing all season, and that's get pressure. Kansas City was number two in getting sacks this year in the league. And the craziest stat that I can tell you right now about Kansas City and Chris Jones, Chris Jones does not have a postseason sack. In not his career? One. In his career. Wow. Not one. <clears throat> He's got He got really close to getting Joe Burrow several times in the AFC Championship game last year, and he still does not have a postseason sack. Uh, thought he might get it last week. He didn't get it last week, so we'll see if he gets it this week. I will say one other thing that I think is going to play a key in this game is the weather. Uh, it's mm. supposed to be very cold, which we knew that. But the question was whether or not there was going to be snow. Originally, it looked like the forecast was calling for snow. Now it looks like it's going to be clear, which I actually think is going to help Kansas City because if they're able to get footing as a defensive line, I think they can get after the quarterback, especially with all those three injuries. Stay up to date all here on the Kansas City Chiefs by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Chiefs on YouTube. 
or wherever you get podcasts. Coming up, team building is playing the long game, no matter how impatient fan bases can get. The Seattle Mariners had quite the season in 2022. Coming into the offseason, the fan base wanted the big moves to get them over the World Series hump this year. As president of baseball ops, Jerry Depoto tells Ty Dane Gonzalez and Colby Patnode unlocked on Mariners, there's no quick answer to team building. Uh, I think it's probably a byproduct of having what we think is a pretty stable, you know, foundation. We are constantly, you know, the way we build our team is to look over a six year horizon. And, you know, so you mentioned club control and six years is is roughly the length of time that you're going to have control over, you know, the youngest or least experienced player on your roster, assuming that that player doesn't get options somewhere along the line. So we're always looking in, in a in a six-year block. And you know, part of that six-year block is, is some type of forward planning for when you're going to be able to introduce the next wave of young players. And so this is the intersection between, you know, the what we talked about a lot during our rebuild phase, you know, which was to give young players, athletic players, opportunity and watch them grow. We also want to make sure that we maintain, you know, the opportunity because if we don't consistently inject the next wave of, of young talent, even if that wave is one or two players big, you know, it's it's uh, if we're not consistently conscious of introducing that, then we run the risk of of aging out and running, you know, effectively running the, the camel into the desert floor, which we don't want to do. We're, we're all about you know, creating something that has sustained value in, in our roster. And, and we have a group of young players that really give us a chance to do that. It's one thing for fans to understand there's no quick fix. It's another to make sure ownership knows that. And finally, have you ever been paid too much at your job? Yeah, right. Not a problem most people have. Well, LSU actually found out through an audit that they overpaid head coach Brian Kelly. No, we're not talking about qualitatively. He was overpaid a million dollars in supplemental payments in 2022 because of duplicate payments made both to Kelly's LLC and to the coach directly. This after signing a 10-year, $100 million contract. LSU, do you need to hire somebody? Asking for, no, not even for a friend. Asking for me. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up tomorrow, will Joe Burrow advance to his second straight Super Bowl? So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on sports today.